one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast. The podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, find the saltiest stories, those salty posts that we love to read, put them in our mind cart, and bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Tony. Hey, Tony. Say hi. What up, what up, what up? You threw me off a little because you you said it slightly different than normal. So I like I cut you off. It was like a... I gotta mix it up. You gotta mix it up. I know, you but know? then you throw me off my game. Anyway, and that's that's why I mix it up because it makes good moments. Was that a good moment? Okay. Okay. I mean, now it's not now that you're talking into the cup that you're drinking out of <laughs> and producing horrible audio. Your face is horrible audio. Anyway. That's not true. Face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> and as you may have heard, uh, Mike isn't here this week. He is wah, wah. out on a date with uh, his lovely fiance right now because it's her birthday. Happy birthday, Mika. Beyonce. And you may have recognized a familiar voice. Our special guest host, Nick, is with us today. Hey, Nick. Hey, have you guys seen this cool like Zatalpa proxy altar that's been floating around the internet? This one eight hundred are you flapping? Well, I, I actually did the art for that. So like, oh wow, my god, you Tony, you're a terrible artist. Oh that's amazing. <laughs> oh I've already god, sold like yeah. twenty copies, so it's mine now. You know, sweet. Yeah, Venmo that. Did that you money make right the NFT the for it yet? <laughs> yeah, the, the the we're calling it uh, the Flappy Boys. Um, yeah, it's like go. it's like the Apes. It's going to be real the Flappy popular. Bird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Apes. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did draw that Zatalpa meme. This is, episode is coming out like a few weeks after I put that on the internet, but it fucking went crazy, man. So if people don't know, first of all, just go to our Instagram page. It's on there. Uh, but the Zatalpa meme one eight hundred are you flapping is just amazing. Uh, it's like an <laughs> it old really Zatalpa is. meme, and it says like, let me just look it up. Flapping, no scrapping, uh, double slapping, double slapping, double fapping. Oh, sixty nine, yeah. sixty nine, dildosaurus. <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> the the original one basically says at the top instead of Zatalpa it says one eight hundred are you flapping? It's a little bit deep fried if you know what like a deep fried meme is. And then it says legendary creature elder dildo sore. And then the text is flapping, double slapping, no napping, scrapping, unflappable, which is flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, and indestructible. And then the flavor text is the sky goes scraw and the earth goes holy shit. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the power and toughness is 6969. Yeah. So with all of the new Commander Masters like profile card arts people were like oh man Zatalpa got reprinted I hope Zatalpa gets this thing so I was like ah you know I'm like a funny jokester kind of guy I'll just make like a, a and little a good funny artist yeah and a good artist thank you Nick I'll just make like a little funny doodle here and like throw that on the internet and you know I was just like zoning out in a meeting at work and like really <laughs> getting into it so you know that's how all these things start it's like a little idea and I'm like I'll just make this idea 
And then like an hour and a half later, I'm like, okay, my masterpiece is finished. So I posted it online and it went fucking crazy. Like, oh, wait, did you do it on your, uh, you did it digitally, right? Like on your iPad yeah, yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, I did that on my iPad. Procreate, baby. It's like one of yeah, the- Yeah, Procreate's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's a great, great application if anyone wants to do digital art out there. I don't have the drawing skills to make Procreate, but I appreciate people who do like you. Yeah, it, it's fun, man. I really dig it. Like all of our podcast art, all of our uh, t-shirt designs, everything like that, our tokens that we've made in the past, I make them all in Procreate and, and it's super easy. So I posted it and it went kind of crazy and people loved it. And then it just started appearing everywhere. I posted it on Reddit and got that sweet, sweet karma there, which was really nice. And I had like the afterthought of putting my name, Howling Salt Sam, in like the artist spot. Uh, I almost did. gamer move right there. I post like little funny, you know, procreate drawings on Twitter from time to time. And I like never think to watermark them or anything like that. So that's like the only little thing I did. Uh, which is key to the story. <laughs> so then, then it just goes crazy. And someone messages me and is like, Oh, like Tolarian community college, like retweeted your shit. And I was like, what? So I was like, Hey, I drew that. And you know, prof was like, I love this so much. Like howling salt mine did it. And I was like, this is fucking crazy and cool. And then it was like showing up on Facebook. And then like a couple of days later, I saw it on Instagram and some dude had like edited out <laughs> the artist thing and it basically just cropped out all mention of me and i was like i have officially lost control of the image (laughs) don't do that i dm them and they like put it back on but mostly i think just because i caught them so i'm sure there's like a million copies out there just like floating around and yeah it was a really interesting exercise in understanding what happens when art goes viral and just goes out into the (laughs) internet and also becomes a meme like that's yeah. the other thing is i feel like i have kind of supplanted the original 1-800 are you flapping meme with my own meme <laughs> because now like a lot of people were just like this is a great meme that i've never seen before and i'm like oh it's actually based off this other one and they're like ah, i don't care about that I'm like all right whatever so yeah i i did that that was me nice that the world yeah. will never really know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably not. I'll come up with some little artist signature to slap on everything else I do now. It was pretty crazy <laughs> that just like in our own Discord, a bunch of people were like, it's like in other Discords that I'm in. They were like yeah. posting pictures of people <laughs> posting. It, like, it was like yeah. hilarious. Like like a bunch of people did that. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it got a bunch of new listeners on. Like there are probably people That's listening awesome. to this episode right now because they saw that meme yeah. and were like, what's this podcast about? Which is pretty cool. Well, welcome, folks. This is a good intro into... Yeah, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for looking at my little drawing. (laughs) But yeah, interesting. I guess I should do more funny... You should 100% do more. Meme art, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the lesson I learned. I was like, oh, people like this shit. Yeah, but now you got to watermark all of it so that like the internet yeah, can't big, steal big it from you. <laughs> fat watermark across the front of it. People love watermarks on images. Yeah, everybody, for sure. Big thing. I, I think what I'll end up doing is probably coming up with some kind of like howling salt mine signature because I used to do digital art 
um, online and had like a key signature that I would put on everything. Do you have that a I deviant did. art account, Sam? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> oh, you do. I know it. Let's see those. Let's see those fanfic pics. I know they're out there. Oh, we got to see them now. Hey, if Harry Potter wants to smooch Goku, that is American <laughs> and totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right internet sleuths whoever can find sam's deviant art profile wins 100 kudo points if they can post it back on the, the discord good luck good luck <laughs> it is like buried in dust uh oh, but man. yeah that, that that's been really funny and kind of cool <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i i thought it was re- like first off i don't I can't remember if I saw it as being even yours first or somebody posted it and they're like, oh, this is legitimately very good and very funny. And I also didn't even know the origin of the original meme. So that added to it to me was like, (laughs) wow, this is brilliant. And then just the flavor, the flavor text is still my favorite part. (laughs) It's like Zatalpa goes scraw and the earth goes, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, brilliant. And Zatalpa is just such a great meme because it's been reprinted in like almost every precon with white. And the fact that it appears in Commander Masters is both a bummer because it's kind of a lame yeah. reprint, but it is also hilarious because it is such an iconic <laughs> Commander card. Yeah. I mean, in part because it's been reprinted to death. Yeah. and it, But it is genuinely a good card. Like, you probably won't run it in many decks, but when it hits the table, man, like, it, it's fucking kind of crazy. It's hard you to need get to rid do, of. Uh, you need to do Colossal Dreadmaw next. I really should. <laughs> That's a great idea. As a follow-up, the sequel. Uh, like the 10 Niv Mizzets meme is a really good one. Mm. And then um Emrakul. Aeon's Torn. Yeah, it's, it's Emrakul Aeon's Torn, but it's like Emrakul, like C-O-O-L, and he's just yeah. like, hey, what's up, or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of like funny magic memes that maybe I'll just put my put my own stank on. Yeah, there you go. It, it does get into this like weird dilemma because you have those like sapperling tokens. They're fucking yeah. hilarious where you're just like, it's this sapperling that Sam draws. It's just like giving the middle finger and it's, <laughs> it's really good. And like, it's one of those things where I bet you that is another thing that people would like go nuts over. But then at the same time, like the internet's going to steal your art. It's like such a feel yeah. bad. So it's like, how do it you, is a how can, like <laughs> it feels like a shitty world where you can't share the art without having somebody fucking steal it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it is so good. <laughs> Just the reality of the internet culture, unfortunately, is, yeah. is good art yeah. gets stolen and co-opted. Yeah. I mean, just good content, whatever it might be gets copied and stolen and and reworked and redone and i mean you know that's just like it's sort of like where's the line between like being inspired versus like fully copying something sometimes it's wicked obvious but other times it's like hey i really love like the art style that this guy drew this thing in right. like i'm gonna do that now like there's yeah. this really awesome uh D artist um that i'll give a shout out to on instagram uh, he has like so many fucking followers, so it's not even like this is going to make a dent. But if you guys have ever heard of Govi9807, check this dude out. He does like D&D art. He does like fantasy art. And his style is just really, really cool. And when I was doing like some D&D campaigns a while back, I was like, oh, I'm going to like draw my character and my sister's character and a couple of the characters in the campaign just kind of for fun. And I'll do them in this guy's style. Mm-hmm. And like it definitely... You know, if I posted that online, people would be like, oh, like you're copying that guy. But it's sort of like I was inspired by him and I love the look of it. 
And it's like, I want to see if I can make that too. Sure. Now I think like the danger is like, if I was selling shit and I was like, look at this thing I did, you know, that starts to become like a, a, a dangerous zone to get into. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the truth of the internet. Not not to go too far into the re- weeds, right? But that's a lot of the controversy around all of the like AI image yeah. generation stuff. Oh yeah, point, dude. Which is like, it is doing that kind of inspiration, retweaking, recycling process, you know, behind the scenes with or without your kind of cognitive input. But fun mm-hmm. fact, that's how your brain works anyway. So mm, hot take right there is that your brain is actually doing that subconsciously. So, you know, anyway, I think yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. I, I mean, I won't sit on it for too long, but like, I'm not a huge fan of AI art. Obviously, you can look cool. I think it is great that it puts artistic tools in the hands of people who may not be able to create their own art. But for me, when it comes to art, it is important that humans create it. And like that, that is just what it is, you know, regardless of the quality, regardless of how it looks like or how easy it is to make. I think it's important that humans make art because that's like the creative process. You guys heard it here. Sam's against uh, progress. So, well, I I would, I would respectfully disagree with, with Sam's opinion, because I think there is still a human part of it. And I think it's like in the same way that photography uh, is an art medium, right? The the human aspect is not necessarily in the like editing of the pixels per se, but the curation and the, the, you know, figuring out which pieces are actually worth keeping and, and worth sharing. Right. That is a, yeah, that, a significant I, portion I of that. photography. And I think that applies in addition to the sense of AI art. My pet peeve with AI art is people who miss attribute it and lie about what it is and say oh, that yeah, it's a photo sure. or say that they drew it or say that they painted it, whatever it might be. Those people can go fucking die. I really, <laughs> really hate that. I, it just pisses me off. Yeah. I, like I see it on Instagram all the time. People are like, oh, I street photography, hashtag street photography, hashtag black and white photo, hashtag blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. This is not a photo. Like you did not take a picture. I mean, that that's like <sighs> really the, the truth of AI art is that it's, it's so easy. Anyone can type in, you know, right. Gandalf with big tits and get a sweet <laughs> image out. But to actually hand draw that, to actually hand draw that uh, takes, takes some skill, actually. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, look out for our next t-shirt. <laughs> Honestly, though, right. If you want to make bank, just use Midjourney to start generating furry porn. And you could probably make some Time good money doing that. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. It's an option. That is if true. you want to make some money, there's ways to make money. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. We're going to be talking about salt today. <laughs> I was trying. I was in my mind. I was like, Sam, I don't even know this. how to <laughs> transition. <laughs> From the furry porn to salt, like it felt far. <laughs> I said I had a margarita on an empty stomach, so we're doing well. <laughs> oh man, so good. Oh, but hey there, Sam. You uh, you mentioned salt. I did. What is it? What is that? But Sam, what's Thank you, salt? Tony. Thank you for bailing us out. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for supporting. <laughs> uh, salty is frustrations in the game. Really anything in a game of Magic the Gathering that gets you a little bit frustrated could lead to salt. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you getting like mad or pissed off every single time. Just a little bit miffed, a little bit frustrated with what's going on. You know, you play your commander, it gets counterspelled, and it's like the second or third time it's happened in a game. That's going to be frustrating. You're probably, maybe you get a little heated. Maybe you're not full salty, but there's some grains there, you know? Maybe someone sits down and they pub stomp you. They got a CDH deck in your pre-con game. They're hitting you with Thassa's Oracle Consultation. And that is 
wicked frustrating. They've wasted your time. Maybe your assault is a little bit higher. And then maybe you sit down and someone's just a huge jerk and they're just being an asshole and they're running the table. They're lying. They're like misleading about like their deck power level and the cards they say. They're not letting you respond to things. They're breaking rules. They're playing you know, now Zatapa your... proxies of art that you drew, <laughs> claiming that they fucking drew it. <laughs> now you're throwing your cards across the room. You know, you're fucking pissed. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole range of salt out there. And we're here to talk about everything from the small grains to the full shakers. Hell yeah. That's... Nice segue. Well, well put. Sometimes it comes out good. Sometimes, see, this segue was good. The segue from the previous <laughs> segment <laughs> was very bad. <laughs> that was like a ripcord segue. I was like, okay, next time. Yeah, pull up. Terrain, terrain, pull up. Uh, well, you guys want to get into it? Let's do it. Fucking Before we digress too far. Lay one on me. <laughs> All right, let's start off with. Uh, let's start off with a post from Patreon. We, we've got a pretty big Patreon backlog, so we need to uh, we need to start to chew through these. Big shout out to the patrons that are keeping us going and, and filling up our mailbags with salt. Big shout out to every patron that plays Tony in a game of magic and makes him salty. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a hundred percent right now. <laughs> <laughs> the community days uh, that is great. the fucking meme now <laughs> it is it, it really the meme is. is fucking it's dunk on tony <laughs> <laughs> but it just fucking works bullshit. really well also <laughs> i know my role in life i know how this works <laughs> you pass the salt tony yeah yeah that is true mm. it is also because people love you tony but also you <laughs> you give it back to them like the exact same amount or like sometimes twice as hard. And then the next salt that comes at you, I'm like, well, now it's wicked dessert. So. <laughs> uh, Tony doesn't pull any punches. That's for sure. He doesn't. He does not. I'll treat everyone the same, baby. Except Nick sometimes. <laughs> yeah, true. Accurate. You guys do have a few that's ongoing. But it's because I love him the one most. Comes to us- Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> This first one comes to us from our patron. Wow, I've never uh, read this name out loud. Yaf to judge. Yaf Tudge. Oh, I can visualize it very well. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I've read it so many times. Yaf to judge. But I, this is like when I said some monster doobie. I was like, I. It's different when you say it out loud than when I see <laughs> it. it just like it is very different. <laughs> And this story was titled, That's a Douchebag Move. And it goes. Played a game of Commander at the LGS for their twice-weekly league and borrowed a friend's Heliod Suncrown deck. My opponents were on Zaxara and four-color Omnath. The Zaxara player was missing blue for a while, and the Omnath player was being kept down by my walking ballista, which I couldn't go infinite with due to league rules, so it was just a pinger. I wasn't pinging down any of Zaxara's mana dorks, and was even proliferating some of the plus one plus one counters on their creatures using staff of completion. We were all kind of joking around a little bit, having a good vibe the entire game, though I was handily winning. The Omnoth player is at four life, and the Zixara player is pondering whether to kill him and take the point, probably associated with some sort of league system that's here, or give him one more draw step just to see they were hellbent at the time. Which, if people don't know what that means, means you have no cards in hand. I initially say to kill him, but also suggest giving him the turn just to see. So they pass. 
the Omnoth player top decks vanquish the Horde to wipe the board minus Heliod and Sanctuary Warden due to the shield counters that were on them. They replay Omnoth and laugh as they reveal the Blasphemous Act they drew off of it and pass. My Urza Saga goes off Chapter 3 and I grab Luxior with it as Heliod has 11 plus one plus one counters on him and is super lethal. I equip to Heliod and once at Sixara with commander damage. I pass to Omnath and they draw and concede. As we all shuffle up and fill out the sheet for the league, the Zixara player starts salting off and in a raised voice goes, that was a douchebag move. We then proceed to argue about how I said to let him live to try and top deck the wipe. And he tried to say I was dead to the torment of Hailfire in his hand, which I definitely wasn't. He takes the sheet to the counter and continues to salt off and then leaves in a huff. I'm not 100% sure why he was that salty. My only guess is that he wanted another turn as well. Did kind of put a damper on the night, but me and the Omnoth player just moved on and got another game in. Lots to unpack. That seems like such a not salty situation to me. Mm. Yeah, it definitely seemed like it turned on a dime. So was the player who got salty in the end the one who was, they basically let have the extra turn? So let's like just break this down real quick and summarize it. So basically the Omnoth player is at four life. Zixara is wondering whether to kill them or not and kind of gets convinced by our friend here to give them one more turn in which they get this big board wipe. Then the Heliod player is just very easily able to knock out the Zaxara player and then the Omnoth player scoops at that point. So it is sort of this thing where it's like giving that Omnoth player an extra turn kind of fucked up the Zaxara's player's board and kind of made the win a little bit cleaner for the Heliod player. That's at least like what I'm seeing here. So yeah. that's probably where the salt is coming from. Yeah, that, that was kind of my interpretation too. It seems like it's like a, a bit of a playing with your food type situation. Like mm-hmm. I will let you live and then it kind of backfires a bit and everyone gets a little bit salty on the outcome. Feels like it's worse though because it, it wasn't quite that because they were like convinced right. to let them live as opposed to them being right, like, exactly. oh, I like should or shouldn't let you live. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's hard because like when you're debating that kind of stuff with the table, like you still have agency in those moments, you know, like OP here even says that they initially said to kill the Omnoth player and then was like, eh, let's give the Omnoth player one more turn. Let's might as well do it, you know, and just kind of the vibe was fun. It's a three player game. Yeah. You know, sometimes we take those a little less seriously, too, mm. and just kind of like goof around. But yeah, I, I could see that just being like the feel bad where it's like, well, they top decked a board wipe and casting that board wipe is a little king makey in that position. So maybe that's yeah. the douchebag move that they're they're kind of pointing to. This is like classic speech play territory, right? Like, mm. <laughs> this is like, you know, putting on the poker face. Like I've had this situation playing with you guys before where like you guys are debating something about me and I'm just trying to be as like fucking stoic as possible about like, (laughs) what can I do? I don't want to like indicate any direction like uh, that this is going to benefit me or hurt me. And like, I'll wait for you guys to like talk it out. Cause it's like, Oh, should we destroy X or should we destroy Y on Nick's board? I'm just like, not, not saying it. Like, I don't want (laughs) to not saying anything. And then like, the the hope, right, is you pick the wrong thing and I'm able to capitalize on it. And it seems like that's kind of what happened here, right? Yeah. The the one the one player was able to uh you know kind of skirt through to get this board wipe and, and recover at least somewhat, uh, or or at least kind of change the state of the game pretty heavily when otherwise they might have just been dead. And it's like, 
you know, if I'm that player, I'm, I'm in the same boat, right? I'm staying super quiet. I'm like, I'm not going to, you could kill me. You certainly could, but I'm going to stay here and try to ride it out. Yeah. So if, if you're the opposite end of that, right. And like, what was a clean kill is now completely destroyed your board and totally backfired yeah. on you. I, I would be a little bit salty. I, I hope it wasn't a case where this lasted outside of, you know, this interaction. Leagues are also interesting too, right? Because the the extra criteria around points and league standing and whatever the prize pool is for the league makes it yeah. questionable too, right? Like, Yeah, I wonder if that was part of it here as well. Because mm-hmm. they even say like the Zixara player is pondering whether to kill them and take the point right you know i played in leagues like this and sometimes it really does come down to like one or two points for the win there's a lot of points that were kind of denied here because that omnoth player ended up scooping anyways because they they just are conceding not like scooping scooping just kind of has the connotation of being like yo i'm fucking out of here (laughs) (laughs) looking at their next hand and being like well yeah don't really have anything i'll just pass to you and yeah, I, I mean, I think that's probably a piece of it, but I, I do like what you were saying about <laughs> trying to like be quiet in those moments because it's the second that you're like, yeah, give me another turn that they're like, ah, fuck you. We're going right, to kill exactly. you now. <laughs> it's like, nope, definitely not going to do that. Why do you want that extra turn? Nick? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? You're going to cast a board wipe? Cyclonic Rift? What? Don't hit my Ristic study. I, right. And then they're like, okay, we got to hit the Ristic study. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or or you start playing the like the double think game of like trying to talk them like, you should hit this thing and it's the thing that they should actually oh, just yeah. with, and they, they and get just second guessing themselves. I get in this position a lot and I don't kill people and I always fucking regret it. I have never had the opportunity to kill someone and not regretted it at some point. Even if it's just one piece (laughs) of my board that they remove as opposed to all of it. Like I'm always like, fuck, I just killed them. Then this wouldn't happen. And I would probably be either winning or like be better off. I admit I still don't fucking do it. So like I should fucking start doing it and like (laughs) not just say like not to do it. Don't do it, Tony. You don't need to kill me. You don't need to kill me in those games. <laughs> let me live. How else am I going to win if you don't let me live? It's the classic, like, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Yeah. Like, you did the yeah, thing, yeah. you let them live, and then they completely backhanded slapped you across the face, being like, yeah. oh, thanks for that, by the way. Here's here's the board wipe to reset everything back to zero. Yeah, I, I think moments like this are a great opportunity to play a little game of, well, then I would do this. Which is basically like like kill the player, and then after you kill them, be like, okay, what what's that top card gonna be? And like they reveal it, and you're like, oh fuck, like vanquish the horde. That's crazy. That would have wiped the board. That would have put the Heliod player in such a great position. Like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Okay, let's just pass and like like keep the game going. Or it's you like know? a land, and then you're a dick because you just like didn't even let him draw land and feel sad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think like either way. If you're at four life, the writing's on the wall. It's not like this person was at like 32 life and was about to get one shot with commander damage. You know what I mean? You're pretty much almost out of the game. I just played a game with Nick where I had a huge board state. He had one creature and like nine life and he got one more turn and that led to like fucking five more turns where I almost lost. <laughs> like it, it, It's like crazy. Like I feel like that's how swingy magic is especially when it becomes like 1v1 and stuff. And so, yeah, you know, well, you have to consider like, what could that top card be? You know, like how precious is your board state? If that's removal is going to be pointed at you, 
If it's a board wipe, are you going to be fucked? If it's an extra turn spell, is that going to let them rebuild to some crazy level? You know, like th- there's a bunch of different things that could happen in any magic game. Yeah. Certain cards that could be pulled. And there's too many possibilities. Like It's a gamble, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gamble at the end of the day. But there's so many things that could fuck with your shit that it's like the <laughs> odds of them drawing something that's going to fuck with your shit is like higher than it feels in the moment. You're like, what's one card yeah. going to do, you know? But always, it's going to do a fucking lot. That's what it's going to yeah. do. I think if you really want to have these moments and follow through with them, hit them with a deal, right? Like, this is the perfect opportunity for a deal. Be like, hey, I will not kill you. I'll give you another turn, like we're saying, but you cannot affect anything on my board on your turn. And give them that. And if they agree, and they draw that Bankers the Horde, then they cannot board wipe. You know what I mean? Like, like you need to have some assurance if you're going to be putting the power back into that person's hands because otherwise you just gotta you just yeah. gotta go for it because that person is still trying to win and play to yeah. their outs they're not gonna untap and draw a board wipe and be like well i'm almost dead anyways i'm just gonna let you guys have it they're gonna fucking jam that board wipe like hell yeah right i would do the exact same thing that's almost the thing of like i feel like people wouldn't take that deal because they'd be like look kill me or don't like I, I, which like, is fair i'm gonna right? do what i'm gonna do you know like if you want to deprive yeah, me of my final action do it Fucking yeah, do I would, it. I would 100 percent deprive them of the action. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, like, like I that's like a good idea and concept, but I, I think most people who are really thinking through it wouldn't wouldn't take it because they're like, all right, so I can draw my card and I can't do anything. That's the sign though. Sure. Right. That, that that's is what sign. makes it a good option. Because yeah. like the idea being you're basically putting the ball in their cart. You're not doing a good deed for free, right? Sure. Like yep. there's a cost. You are you are ascribing a cost to say. I will let you live, but you got to leave me alone for X, Y, Z turns or or effects, whatever it might be. And if they don't want to do it, cool, you kill them. Yeah, if they say I'd rather lose, I'd rather die, then you're like sick. Yeah, that's what I'm. <laughs> I was going to do that anyways. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I think that that's a good lesson. I think it it sounds ruthless on the surface, but I actually think it like prevents additional salt, right? Because everybody gets a little bit more say in the outcome by making a kind of political deal around what would otherwise be just kind of playing with your food. Yep, definitely. Well, what do we think about the uh, salt rating on this one? It's pretty like mid-tier salt for me, maybe like half a shaker. I mean, I think if I was in the shoes of the Zuxara player, you know, they probably had a pretty great board state at the time. It sounds like they had some creatures that were getting proliferated, some plus and plus ones going on. Their Zixara synergy was going. They finally had their blue mana and they were doing stuff. And they probably had an out at that point, or at least some path to victory is what I would imagine. Just kind of giving this a generous read. And to be hit with that full board wipe and to completely lose that and just have it be like an assured win by our friend here, that's got to be frustrating. I I don't think it is the fault of... um, I don't think it's the fault of Yefi Judge. <laughs> Yefi. I'll just call you Yefi. I don't think it's the fault of Yefi. But um, at the same time, I think it's just kind of like a failure of the Zixara player to to follow through and not really consider like the, the repercussions there. And that happens to everybody. You know, yeah. it, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it, the salt is not super high. I, I think the unfortunate part is it seems like an, an otherwise kind of chummy game kind of turned yeah. on a dime at the end and and went a bit a bit sour, a bit salty. But I, I'm hoping this was a like, this recovered at some point. 
Yeah, that that's the real salt, right? Is that you have this like awesome vibe because I've played at LGSs and it's just like, yo, the vibe with these random people is fucking great. And like, those are some of the best games where you're just like, none of us know each other. We're having a great time. Like it's super chill. And then if someone gets really salty and it just becomes awkward, it's like, well, that fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. vibe killed. <laughs> yeah, that got ruined. Damn. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> it like kind of kills like the night like really quick, which is yeah. like the crazier thing for you know. Yeah, I mean that that definitely can happen if you're not the salty player, right? If you're on the receiving end, you start to second guess choices and be like, well, I don't want to make another person salty, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That can be unfortunate too. So. Yeah, you 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 kind of start walking on eggshells after that, and that's never a fun feeling. For yep. real. Well. Shall we do another? Let's. Please, bro. Please, bro. This next one comes to us from Reddit. Nice. Back to our hometown, the EDH subreddit. Hey. And this post comes to us from user Six Shooter Spagooter. Nice. (laughs) Six Shooter Spagooter. (laughs) That's such a good name. That's a great name. (laughs) Uh, If you guys see Six Shooter Spagooter around the Magic the Gathering subreddits, give them an upvote. You know the deal. Oh. Oh, my God. Party fall. That's a party fall right there. You know the deal. Give them a warm cooked meal. (laughs) Give them a warm meal. (laughs) Give them a wheel. (laughs) The Commander's Rules Committee love wheels. Give them a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Orcish Bowmasters. Um, you know the drill. Spread that goodwill. How could you mess that up? That's embarrassing. Uh, I know. It's <laughs> bad, so embarrassed for you. I know. Suki time is going to fucking like, drill into me over that one. <laughs> uh, and the post is titled, Is Harvesting My Opponent's Salt Against the Other Players Okay? Yes, but let's go. <laughs> That's quite the post title. <laughs> right? I know. It's really good. I was like, oh harvesting God, their eat. salt. <laughs> Must be a stacks player. And the post goes. Many EDH players have encountered a salty player in a casual EDH pod. In fact, some reading may be the salty ones themselves. You may have even featured your salty experience previously in the sub. Hey, maybe your salty shit came on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to argue salt is bad, but the opposite, that it can, in fact, be a good thing to be taken advantage of by cunning mages. <laughs> what are your thoughts on weaponizing someone's discontent for your own political gain? Is this against the social contract or is it a flavor win? Has something like this happened to you in the past? How did this impact your play experience? Thanks for entertaining my prompt. If you have any favorite salty cards, I would love to hear how you work them in this situation. Man, this is ripe for the podcast. Wow, I know. nailed it. Dude, this is so good. Like this, this is one that when I read it, I was like, first of all, I commented and was like, "Fuck yeah, it's totally fine." Like this is literally every time I play Magic, we fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a fine line, though. I, let's let's talk well, through that. When I play with you guys, I try yeah. to do it every well, time. I think yeah. I think that's the context, right? And yes. There's like, I would say in general. No, you should not be intentionally making people salty and or harvesting people's salt with the caveat. Whereas if you have a close group of friends and you know how to push buttons, yeah, that's probably fine. (laughs) Push those buttons as much as you can. (laughs) The other caveat, which is like, if you're trying to point out someone's salt, because they're repeatedly, and I'm guessing that's kind of the context of this, right? Is like someone's a repeat offender. They're the one 
the one person in the pod who gets salty all the time. And so you're like pointing it out basically, right? You're saying, I'm going to make you salty because you react every time I do it, right? It's yeah, like classic, 100%. like, you know, anti-bully tactics, right? It's like, if you keep <laughs> reacting to the bully, you know, they're going to keep doing it because that's what's entertaining, right? So yeah, if you keep getting salty and you keep like, you know, spouting off or whatever it might be, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe then you kind of deserve it. But So I think there's two different sides to this. I think there's the side that you mentioned, Nick, which is like getting your friends salty and getting people salty to get a rise from them because that might make them make play mistakes. They might target things incorrectly. But that's also very slippery and dangerous because generally sure. speaking, you get somebody salty against you and they're going to like focus you down, you know, forever like Tony and I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, that definitely happens. The other piece is like focusing in on the salt that somebody is feeling about something else at the table. So let's say we're playing. Nick drops a stacks piece. Tony is very frustrated about it. I, for example, wanting to capitalize on the salt could be like, wow, Tony, that stacks piece is really locking you out, isn't it? <laughs> Man, that's crazy that Nick has that card out. You know, I mean, that's like a very overt and, and kind yeah, of ham-fisted yeah. example. But, but absolutely is... something you do and say. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. But but there's like more subtle versions of that yeah. that you can do outside of like a tight friend group. You know, if you're seeing how somebody is reacting to something at the table, you can 100% like poke and prod at that a little bit and try to, you know, get like a deal made or like, deflect focus onto that player that is making somebody salty so i th i think there's two pieces one is when you're directly making someone salty but like the really interesting one is when you are manipulating salt that is outside of something you're doing because that is the one that doesn't cause blowback on you you know yeah there is a very fine line between someone who is like starting to get upset and somebody who is just like kind of almost joking around more about it like you have to be able to like tell the direction someone's going because and, and i feel like it's easier when you know people but it's like in our friend group there are nights when somebody is getting pooped on and everyone is joining in but it, it's like a good time like even the just person say my name tony just say it's me even <laughs> even the person who is who is getting the chat is like <laughs> You know they're they're enjoying it, but there are some right. nights when like one of us are just like having a bad week, a bad whatever, and it's like <laughs> yeah. they're they're getting like mad, and like you you don't want to keep piling onto that when it's so there's definitely like the social cue of like you need to understand the situation you're like causing because I feel like it affects yeah. not only the game but like the relationship you're now having with the pod you're in, and whether it's like people you're yeah. close to or not, it's like important to keep that in mind and in check when yeah. you need to. I'm all for that kind of shit. Don't get me wrong. And I have been right. the shitter and the shitty. So it's like, <laughs> I, I understand both sides of this coin and like identifying that I think is like pretty key. Well, I mean, it's just like basic empathy, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, Hey, maybe the other person you're playing with also wants to have fun. So don't completely destroy their night by like pushing them way too far over the edge. Yeah. Like a, you know, light jest or a elbow to the to the gut every once in a while is fine, yeah. especially for like a regular a knife to the back. Yeah, 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 just a straight stabbing is usually okay. <laughs> it, it also like helps, you know. Like sometimes it takes yeah. a person and makes them like more quote salty but happier. They're like right. now it's like 
the meme of the night. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we also have a friend group. Like our dynamic in our group is very much like dumping on each other. <laughs> I was going to say very aggressive. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like aggressive <laughs> dumping. Fiery <laughs> emancipation. Yeah. Yeah. Emancipation. But like someone might be like, like it'd be just before this, this recording, Nick was like, ah, I'm running kind of late. And Tony was like, all right, well, you're out. Let's just call Pat yeah. up. And, you know? <laughs> it, instead of being like, yeah, it's fine. Like, we'll wait another five minutes. He's just like, oh, fuck you. On to the next person. And like, you know, that's just like how how our friendship is where, right. where, you know, someone will play a card. Like, I think we were talking about this one time where when we're in person, it just gets so like stupid and drawn out to like this this crazy level where someone will like play land and we'll just be like, that's fucking stupid. Like bad cards. That's <laughs> dumb. And like the jokes aren't even clever anymore. Yeah. We're just like mumbling little insults and like giggling to ourselves. <laughs> and I think there is a point, like you guys are saying where someone isn't having a good day or they're just not having fun in the moment. And we do a good job of like, recognizing that and adjusting and like keeping the game moving in a different way as much as we do like to make each other salty i think we're also very respectful because we're we're good friends right you can be salty and still have a good night and a good game experience mm-hmm. and yeah. i think like that is that's the fine line to walk right like you don't want somebody to walk away and be like wow that fucking sucked like i'm never coming back even if they are the salt lord, right? Like even if they are the person who is the the person who's continuously getting salty, you still want them presumably to come back. Maybe you want them to learn to not be salty and there's mm-hmm. a separate conversation there. But like, I don't think you want to push somebody so far over the edge to be like, I'm never coming back here. I'm never playing again, right? That's the danger. Especially like in a public setting or in, in, in a kind of unknown setting, that's yeah. where it gets really risky. Is like, you don't know this person might be salty, but they might be salty for X, Y, Z, other reasons that are completely independent of the game. And you start pushing buttons and like, you don't know what the follow-up reaction is going to be. Like I, I would caution against that. Yeah. You definitely have to like follow the vibe of the group, you know, like sometimes you sit down with people at an LGS and you can tell they're down for some like light shit talking and, you know, being a little bit salty and stuff like that. And maybe in those situations, those like little political manipulations of being like oh man is that card making you salty and kind of like deflecting can be appropriate sometimes people will see through that shit also and be like oh you're trying to manipulate me like fuck off you know (laughs) (laughs) so that is also something to do kind of sparingly but but i I guess what we're saying is like there's a fine line and at the end of the day like we say a lot on this show you still have to be a courteous opponent you know what i mean even if you are making your opponents a little bit salty that should be in like good fun kind of, yeah, you yeah. know, it should still hit the vibe. It should be like a fun thing. Yeah. Not just pure manipulation, like an element yeah. of you're doing it for, yeah, for good yeah, times, for sure. you know, to hit on some of the questions in this post, you know, has this happened to us? Has it impacted our play experience? I, I think we can point to times where we've had this be very, very positive, And that's the majority of the times that we play and kind of have this dynamic. And there are times where it's a bummer. And, people have gotten their feelings hurt or at least just like felt bad for the night. And kind of afterwards we've been like, Oh, like, sorry about that. Or like, we're like, okay, like no one attacks Sam. He only has two lands. And I'm like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I think that that, you know, if you're going to play around with that stuff, there's probably going to be a time where you step over the line. And if you want to do that, you need to like understand that, 
you know, if you play with those boundaries, you're probably going to like cross it at some point and mm. that's going to be tough, especially if you're at like an LGS or something like that. So be really careful when you do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, you know, making someone salty for the sake of it is like the emotional equivalent of pub stomping, right? Like yeah. that, that should be frowned upon, especially if it's like, if you go into a game with the intention of making someone salty who otherwise wouldn't be, that's a no, no, I think like mm -hmm. that, that seems like just, just don't do that. That's not fun. But again, it's the vibe. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, we, we sit down with our, uh, patrons and and playing these monthly games and sometimes we're just like get salty <laughs> yeah or or we're just like let's fucking dump on each other with like powerful decks and play some trash magic you know uh and and we some all blue just decks is that what you're saying Sam? play some blue decks <laughs> it it tends to be like mono black decks actually uh, that's, that's true that really like dumping Tangrid. lately and we're just like you know, it, it's all in good fun, and and that's the vibe. Yeah, yeah. Granted, yeah. that is the Howling Salt Mine Discord, so like, <laughs> plug. people know what they're they're there for, yeah, and, for and that part is fun. But yeah, I, I think it's just a delicate balance. No matter how you do it, is it okay? Sure, it's okay, but just be careful with that kind of stuff. Yeah, like Nick said, you never want to have someone walk away feeling bad and not wanting to come back. You should always try to be a courteous opponent. You should always be trying to foster that like fun play environment and salt can be a part of that yeah what do we sure. what do we think about the salt rating on this one does it even get a salt rating it's a question <laughs> i think it kind of can okay I, I think the salt here is you know it, it's sort of like a like a shaker that you have your hand over and you don't know whether it's half full or half empty uh, well, I guess that's the same thing. You don't know whether it's full or empty. <laughs> to fix it, right? It's You don't know if the cap is fully screwed on, so you're tipping it over. Oh, Who knows Nick. what's going to happen? Nailed it for you. Fixed it. That was beautiful, dude. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because like maybe you just want a little bit of salt on there, and the cap pops off, and you dump the whole shaker on. And you know, it is one of those things. That it's like, it's got to be delicate. You don't want to yeah. over-season that situation you don't want to put too much in you just uh saved yep. yourself there nick because i was gonna say note to sam edit nick out of this episode for questioning the salt rating and saying could it be <laughs> <laughs> but you, you contributed so it's okay we can keep you in it's all right just, just edit nick entirely out it's a 20 minute episode yep. this is not a free speech podcast this is a dictatorship <laughs> no, no, no. we'll just have silence in the places where he spoke yeah, yeah. or just a prolonged fart sound <laughs> Garfield minus Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, you want a third one here? Let's oh, do yeah, it. I do. Let's hit it up. Uh, so we're going to dip back into Patreon, and we have one from our buddy Vok here. And this post is titled Salt Explained. What is salt, Sam? Did you say it's <laughs> frustrations in the game? Yeah. Yeah, I would. <laughs> all right somebody put it back on the bench what's going on i don't even know <laughs> all right the story goes this is a story of why i target marchesa the black rose every time she comes out to the point that i warn people not to play her real quick i think we've done this a couple times i just want to read what marchesa does i feel like it's going to set good. the tone having for this. played against her the other day very good deck so Marchesa of the Black Rose is a legendary creature, human wizard. It's a 3-3, three, three, and it costs one colorless mana, one blue, one black, and one red. It has Dethrone, which is a keyword ability that says whenever this creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for most life, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Other creatures you control have Dethrone. Whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it dies, 
return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Super powerful. Powerful in aristocrats builds. Powerful in uh, theft builds where you steal the other people's things and then kill them. It, it's just yeah. an incredibly powerful recursion sort of control deck. Yeah, that last clause is arguably a design mistake. Yeah. Where it says return to your control rather to return to its owner's control. Yep. So like any sort of thief spell that you have and then you sacrifice the creature, it comes back permanently under your control. So you get to play like all the red single yeah. turn thief spells. It's like threat and effects. Yeah. Creature and yeah, it's, if it was printed now, I think that would change. And I think maybe it doing it for itself would also change. Yeah, you know, she wouldn't think, have dethroned on herself. I think those those two things would have changed if they didn't. I do think those were design mistakes, but Agreed. they were still made, so sure. it's well, still really fucking good. <laughs> well, you can just change the whole text like they do with the companion. So true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see why Vok hates this commander so much. The story continues. I had a relatively tame Gave deck. It went infinite with two ham sandwiches instead of just one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I had the deck for a while. Its win ratio wasn't amazing, but at the same time, it held its own. I had just done some upgrading, trying to make it a bit faster and increase that win ratio, when all of a sudden, someone burst out a deck I had never seen before. Marchesa the Black Rose. I read it. It seemed okay, but kind of restricted. You had to attack the player with the most life to get the counters? That's fine. I figured I'd be a lower life total. What I failed to comprehend... Steel effects plus sacrifice with anything I had in my deck would be GG. We started the game and I cast a very early Spike Weaver. The creature was immediately stolen from me, sacrificed, and came back into play under their control. At this point, I realized that they would never take combat damage again. With a combination of sacrifice effects, lack of exile removal, and ineffectiveness of board wipes, that became a very, very one-sided game. Every time I try to play a combo piece, it would be stolen from me permanently to the point that the person playing Marchesa was playing my deck better than I could. <laughs> to say that I was salty would be an understatement. It's like you put me in the ocean for three days, took me to the beach, and had me dry out in the sand under the <laughs> sun. <laughs> Very briny. <laughs> they ended up winning by sacrificing a bear of the heavens after attacking getting all of their value creatures back, then attacking over a couple of turns. I'd rather have someone combo out turn four than have that unbearable slog fest go on for almost two hours. That being said, I will kill you first using one of my pub stomp decks if you bust out Marchesa the Black Rose. <laughs> I don't care if I lose. <laughs> now that is a crusty dickling. <laughs> yeah, that is I'm, some I'm salt. really curious if Vok was playing... President Ketchup. Yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what that deck did. Yeah. So I I get it. I think there is a category of decks that are like fun to build on paper, and then you build them and then they're not fun to play with. Steel effects certainly are one of those, right? Because yeah. like Marchesa is like, ooh, the, the nuance on how the theft work is is interesting mechanically from like a yeah. gameplay perspective. Like the Definitely. other stuff that you can do with the dethrone stuff is pretty neat, but the deck also kind of builds itself towards that. And then the actual execution of it can be very frustrating for a pod, even if you're enjoying the the mechanisms, right? It kind of reminds me of my uh, my Memnarch deck that I, I used to I was just have. about to say Memnarch. Yep, exactly. Like, I, I remember when I built it, I was like, I'm going to try to play it kind of fair. 
you know, I'm not going to try to steal everything. Right. Said every Memnarch player ever. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. exactly. And like, like Tony felt the same way with his Rubinia deck. Yeah. And yeah. like, the thing is, once it comes down and you have a theft effect available, you're like, well, why wouldn't I do it right now to get the yeah. value? And then, you know, fast forward a couple turns and you just have stolen almost everything and your opponents are just demoralized and you're like, well, this isn't very fun yeah, for right. anyone, is it? <laughs> I, I think theft effects in general are are a tough thing to build your deck around because if you've built your deck around it, the whole game is going to be very unpleasant Yeah, uh, for your opponents, generally speaking. Or you will probably have some kind of arch enemy situation pretty early on and just get like hated out. Like right. what Vok is describing here with Marchesa, I don't think is very uncommon when going against this type of deck. But if you have like one or two theft effects in your deck, like a thieving skydiver or you know whatever and you just take like one or two things that is way way less salty than having the ability to repeatedly take a ton of shit from your opponents over a long period of time you know what i yeah. mean because the effect hits it's done it's gone and then you know you're like well okay i don't have my soul ring anymore whatever like that sucks but they also could have just blown up my soul ring and i still wouldn't have it yeah. But the difference between somebody just like accumulating tons of value over multiple turns and continuing to take more and more things, that is really hard. Right. And I think the extra spice here of like the, the red theft effects are notionally the fairest because you're only taking them for your turn and then you're giving the thing back. Yeah. This is like explicitly breaking that. Right. And <laughs> that's the part where it's like, yeah, on the surface, right? Like, you know, if Marchesa is not out or they don't have the sack outlet up, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. You can take my thing for a turn. That's fine. And then you're like, OK, cool. And then I'll sack it and keep it. And they're like, wait, wait, what? Like, that's, yeah. that's how that works. Like, <laughs> why, why is that how that works? <laughs> right. Like, there's a little extra kind of like reveal to it that I think makes people a little. Irked. Yeah. I do want to touch on one thing really quick, which yeah. is I really do like any sort of deck that plays your opponent's deck better. But I think there's fairer ways to do it or, or at least more fun ways to do it, in particular using like clone and copy effects rather than yep. effects. Because then you're not actually uh, taking it, you're, right. but you're, you're still you're using still getting the, the ability, yeah. but they're not detrimented to, to the same effect, right? Like you get to create a copy of it. You get to do the thing with it. Mirage Mirror is a perfect card for this that everybody yep, should be 100%. running. Um, but it's it's a it's a way to do those kind of deck builds that I really love because I think those are some of the most flexible power level decks um, if you build them right, but without making it like instant salt by being like, I'm going to steal all your shit and I'm going to play your deck. It's like, well, I'm going to copy it and try to work out the, the Rube Goldberg machine of doing it better. Yeah. So I think another good way is like stealing things out of someone else's graveyard because yeah. that value mm -hmm. is already lost to them, generally speaking. Uh, you know, unless they're on some kind of reanimator build. But even then, like that is a little less salty. I think there's sort of like a tier list almost with like theft effects and how salty they can be. <laughs> I think the most salty is either something like this or like uh, send triplets where it's like, I'm not only am I stealing the card from you, I'm stealing it fucking right out of your hand and I'm like playing it in front of you. Yeah, you know? or like expropriate, right? Which is like you either get to give me an extra turn or a permanent your yeah, choice yeah, rock yeah. in a hard place right yeah, like that's that another totally one is. i really did like what you said nick about how this is like an interesting mechanic and that draws people in to build around it 
But then when you actually play it, you find that it's unpleasant. And I think that is something that is like way more common than you might think. Yeah. Like there's an interesting mechanic. You get drawn in, you want to build it. And then you find that the deck's like a little bit salty or when you actually play it, it's like, uh, it's kind of unpleasant for everybody. Even Rubinia, again, kind of feels like that where Tony built it as this creatures cannot or something cannot well, you untap. may choose to not untap and like i was like yeah. hell yeah look at this fucking <laughs> weird ass shit but all yeah. of it says take someone's shit it's <laughs> like yeah oh, no. exactly the other like less obvious example that comes to my mind that i've personally done like i built the deck and then was kind of like oh it, this is not really that great is azuri claw of progress which is the uh the simic commander that has the experience counters based yeah. on plus one that deck is like cool on the surface. The mechanics of building it are really neat. You play small creatures, you pump them up really big with a bunch of plus one, plus one counters. But what actually happens is you cast Sage of Hours repeatedly. Yeah. Take, take extra turns. turns. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, oh, that's kind of it. And and I feel like those, oh, the other one that comes to mind too is, uh, uh, what's her face? Sorry. Give me one second to look it up. Oh, while you're thinking about that, I have a commander like this as well, which I've talked about this before, which is my Urtai the Corrupted deck, yeah. uh, which was intended to be, you know, Urtai the Corrupted, basically you you can pay a mana, tap him, sack a creature or an enchantment and counter target spell. And I built it around this concept of like all my creatures would have counter spells on them. I could sack the creature to counter something. I could tap the creature and pay some mana to counter something. Um, and I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of cool because I could be like attacking I can like hold up responses at all times. It's going to be this interesting control deck. Very fun to build. Very interesting mechanically. Dog shit to play. Both for me <laughs> and for other people to play against. Because when there's like four counter spells on the board, people just don't play magic anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I just found that it was not fun. But to build and design the deck was really interesting. But just the execution was not there. And it made everyone salty, and I just wasn't having a good time playing it either. So I, I think there's a lot of commanders like that that kind of fall into yeah. that category where you, yeah. you're drawn in by the mechanics, and then the execution you just find is either very unpleasant for the table or unpleasant for you as well. Yeah, it's like, are you even yeah. a magic player if you haven't built a deck like that? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's so It's true. almost a rite of passage. <laughs> like, eventually yeah. we all make one. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, this sucks. I never want to play this again. <laughs> the one I was thinking of was General Tazri, which is the the ally uh, five color legend, which lets you tutor up allies. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and slivers are in the same realm of this, right? Which is like on its surface, like the mechanics are cool. Like you have this highly synergistic tribe. But what actually happens is like there's one specific combo in that deck and the ETB triggers just like blow everybody out of the water because they, they loop themselves. And it's like, oh. There's a reason why this is a CDH commander because like it's actually very optimized to do this type of stuff, or at least it yeah. was anyway. Maybe not anymore, but no. Uh, First sliver still does like food chain decks. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's like commanders that on the surface don't seem linear, and then you play them, and the deck is super linear. So yeah, I think that's that's like similar, but almost a little bit different too. Sure. Which is like decks yeah. that are mechanically interesting, and then you play them, and you're like, oh, this is kind of uninteresting. I'm doing the exact same shit every single time. Right. Which can be the same thing. Like if you're just making your opponent salty the exact same way every single time, like <laughs> that's not really fun either. Commanders like this are are challenging to build. I, I think it's also something, like Tony said, it is kind of a rite of passage. It's something where if you are getting into Commander, there's going to be a day where you see Marchesa the Black Rose and you're like, whoa, 
this can do some crazy stuff with threaten effects and you want to build that, you know, <laughs> and you probably will. And, and tons of people have this deck um, and not saying, you know, I don't feel the same way that Vok does where I really hate this deck. It's definitely unpleasant to play against uh, or, or I should say those theft effects are definitely challenging to play against, but I'm not going to like outright refuse. But then again, you got to keep in mind that four player games have a dynamic that automatically balances when one person is accumulating a ton of value and threatening everybody. So if you're playing this kind of deck, like kind of buckle up for a bit of an arch enemy situation. Yeah, for sure. What do we think about the salt rating here? <laughs> it's fucking That's very high. high. <laughs> <laughs> is so salty. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is a, a true salty confessional. Yeah. This is high salt. It may even be the origin of the first salty crusty dickling like that's how they were created initially <laughs> his description yeah, I mean, on the beach was so good <laughs> yeah and like and like i've seen this salt firsthand and and it's true yeah he's just like gunning for you so love that yeah well is it that time of the week Ooh. I don't know. Mike's not here, though, right? Shut so the fuck up. It's my time this week, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Aggressive. Jesus. Yeah. I think it is that time of the week, Tony. Hell yeah. It's the time of the week that comes every week. It's the time of the week where we say, Tony, what's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week is a mana breach. Da, 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 da. It's the salty <laughs> card of the week. I don't really have a song this week, guys. I thought you were going to keep going, on? and I was like, wow. well, anyway, that was anti You going to, like, Coney Island later, or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was, like, searching through my phone for inspiration. I didn't have anything, man. You know what we need to do is is open that Patreon tier where people can request salty songs. <laughs> there we go. That makes sense. Hey, everybody. This is Sam coming in from the editing room, and I gotta admit, that intro song to the Salty Card of the Week was pretty lame, and frankly, you guys deserve better. So, without further ado, let me make it up to you. The Salty, the salty Card, card. The So the salty card of the week this week is a mana breach. Two colorless and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever a player plays a spell, that player returns a land he or she controls to its owner's hand. Uh, and the flavor text Ew. is the mana that binds the world together can also tear it apart. Huh. That's interesting. Mm. So Nick, does this card make you salty? Yes, because I've seen it be played Ooh. in degenerate blue decks, and it's not great. <laughs> you mean it wasn't just in a casual janky blue deck? This was in someone well, trying depends. to hurt your it feelings? On, <laughs> it depends on how you define casual and janky. Yeah. A friend in my other playgroup had a, I think it was Kami of the Crescent Moon stacks deck, that the deck itself won by playing Chronotog and oh. just like laying out stasis type effects so that you couldn't do anything. And yeah, so there's like a Ew. little bit of PTSD here where he also played mana breach effects and like he had ways to play more lands out 
or recur lands in other ways or stuff like that. I don't remember the specifics, but it was it was gross, disgusting, mm. disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, how's this card make you feel? It's an interesting one. I've never played against it, so I'm kind of thinking about like what the play pattern would be, and it's sort of like a rule of law effect because you'll probably just want to cast one spell a turn. It kind of shuts down instance too because you're going to be like losing mana. Like in an ideal world, you're playing a spell, putting a land back in your hand, and then dropping it again as your land drop for that turn. But you're just never going to advance with your land right. count at that point unless you have some kind of effect that lets you play multiple lands per turn. I could see this being fucking gas in a landfall deck, quite frankly. Like if you use something that says you could play like one extra land or two extra lands per turn, cast a couple spells, put the lands in your hand, drop the lands again, get the landfall triggers, like that could be really good. But I would be extremely hesitant to cast any sort of instant speed interaction with this out unless it was like dire, dire times because you kind of lose that ability to drop the land again. But yeah, it, it, this seems really hard to like actually maintain your board state with this out or, or to even grow it, you know? Like the best you can do is maintain and even then you're sacrificing a lot at worst, your your board state is just shrinking, and you might have to have some turns where you just don't even cast spells. You can get land drops. Weird. How do you mm. feel about this one, Tony? Uh, well, fuck blue. Uh, <laughs> so fuck this card. I was thinking a little bit though, like you picked the card. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking a little bit, and like you talking about a, like a landfall deck also does make it kind of interesting, and in that like you can do some shit because. In a landfall deck, you probably don't want as many artifacts, but you also could just be playing an artifact ramp heavy deck where like all of your ramp and and mana becomes yeah. just like rocks. And in a lot of the, those artifacty kind of things, you can do stuff where you're drawing cards for playing them. Like you know, the whole fucking ending gets going. But this type of card, I I honestly think is, I guess I'm not the most well versed on CDH, but it feels like. If there was a blue version of Godo, which would never exist, but like <laughs> if there was, it feels like this would fucking do work like in CDH. If you got this out as like a stacks piece, like you, you again, you have to know how you're going to win yourself. But like that, like shuts off a lot of interaction. People aren't going to like fucking it like slows the game down a lot. I don't know how they win through it. You know, like there's like lots to think about, but it just makes me curious. But. I think it's kind of like what you said. You just get the artifact ramped down. Yeah. And then as soon as your last land goes into your hand, who gives a shit? I'm going to cast yeah. as much stuff as I want. I'm always wondering like, like you know? Joyra or something. Like, could Joyra run this somehow? Probably not. Because like all it's a dead card when you draw it. And it's not like, you know, an artifact yeah. to keep your thing going. But it's just interesting. Joyra probably wouldn't want it. But yeah, it is, it is interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to like talk about what you said about like playing artifacts into it. Because I was thinking about that too. And that's still really hard because even if you play like a mana rock into this, you still have to put the land back in your hand. Yep. So at best, again, you're still at that like one spell per turn kind of pace. You can still keep dropping that same yeah, land. But you don't play this on turn three. You play this on turn like six, in my opinion, of like when you're trying to slow everybody else down, you have like a board set up and then it becomes a question of like, for the other players, do you want to advance a singular piece right now or or not? Like it it sort of changes the dynamic. I don't think this is a put it out early kind of card. Although some I... fucking shithole stacks <laughs> player. I think fucking you play, play it early. early. Yeah, yeah. 
I think you ramp as hard as you can, turn one, two, and three, and then you play this. Uh, and then you have six lands in play, everyone else has three lands in play, and y you're fine, and they're screwed. I think that's yeah, the game. <laughs> I mean, the game is like over at that point. Like, yeah. if you've done that, like you're at six mana, they're at three, and you've played this, they're just fucked. They stand yeah. no chance. Sounds like my next deck, quite frankly. Oh my god. Uh, Thank you for showing this to me, Tony. <laughs> gonna play Stasis and Winter Orb yeah. <laughs> and Mana Breach and all the fucking bullshit. If I play Winter Orb, you don't even care. Those lands are tapped anyways. Just put them back in your hand, dude. Then you get to replay it untapped if it's a basic. Yeah, you can replay it untapped. I'm actually helping you. This is I'm our toxic you. trait, like that we see the salty cards on the list and like start to try oh, and brew things with them. <laughs> well, it's it's. It's the ones that we haven't really seen at the table that were like, how would this be? And then we're like, oh, I guess you could break it this way. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, like I think like a Yarok deck with this would be kind of crazy. Mm. With Yarok, you could like double your landfall, yeah. have some like crazy land ramp, and then drop this early and then just like stacks out the board basically. Yeah, that sounds so fun for everybody. Uh, fuck mm -hmm. blue, fuck this card. <laughs> Uh, well, Tony, uh, I will ask since Mike is away. Nice. Where does this one fall in the 100 salty cards? That's a great question, Sam. Why don't you answer first this time? Piece of shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, Mike gives you the opportunity literally every week, and you jump in. You jump Sam, in I asked so you a question. carelessly. <laughs> you jump in carelessly, and then I guess correctly, and you're like, this bullshit again and we're like why do you keep doing that to question yourself? has been asked <laughs> okay i think this is number 76 okay 76 Ooh. a lot of room there i think it's probably around like 50 final answers final answer it is 60 Oh, damn. So I win. I win. Get I actually it, won one. Nick. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> the king is dead. <laughs> wow. I guess all we needed. We just needed the streak to be broken. <laughs> Pretty close, though. You said 75, 76. 76? That's not that. It wasn't like, that close. Yeah, was Sam close. was my, might as well have been in another galaxy. Nick, you like fucking crushed <laughs> it. Like, nice job. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that, Tony. It just shows how badly I've beat you in all the previous episodes. <laughs> Not all. I, I in agree. the very beginning, I, I was winning the most, and then it has just gone on uh, such a horrible I downhill. I can't even tell you the last time I tasted a win on it, Like to be totally <laughs> yeah. honest. I don't remember the last time anybody outside has seen it. It's because he's just like been studying the list in secret so that he like can I really always be it. right. I've just been on a hell of a streak. <laughs> it's definitely the first time I've won it in, in all the shows that I've been on. So. <laughs> Welp, that is the salty card for the week. Thanks, Tony. That was a great salty card. And thank you to all of our prospectors out there for tuning into another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast. If you want more Howling Salt Mine in your life, check out our Patreon patreon.com slash howling salt mine we have our monthly show that we do extra salt we're doing deck techs we're doing q a we're taking little trips down memory lane we have our short form show stray grains it's all the fun tangents that don't make it into the final cut of the episode we definitely have a couple from this episode that you can check out hmm. um we're dropping those usually weekly twice a week i think we have like I don't know, like 30 at this point or something. There's like a lot on there. So there's a lot of extra content if you are dying for more Howling Salt Mine. 
Uh, also, we have our thriving Discord. Like we've mentioned a couple times in this episode, we are playing games in our Discord with our patrons once a month on those game nights. Those have been really fun so far. If you have a salty story that you would like on a future episode of the show, email it to us. Our Gmail is thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. You can also DM that to us on any of our social media, and uh, you can find all the links for that in our link tree in the show notes. Another way you can support the podcast is check out our bonfire store. We have Howling Salt Mine swag. We have our blue is a trash color for trash people shirt. You can represent the show when you hang out at your LGS and uh, embrace your own nature as a trash blue player or, you know, call the control players out a little bit. Also, if you haven't done it yet, a five-star review in your favorite podcast app is very helpful for us. It actually really helps increase uh, our presence in the algorithms for those podcast apps. And for a small show like us, it, it really means a lot to get a five-star review. And lastly, we got to shout him out. Our podcast artist, J.D. Burnett, uh, we got to do it every week because he's so awesome, made our beautiful podcast art, and he's a fantastic tattoo artist down in Asheville, North Carolina. If you're ever in the area, hit him up. He's a really cool guy. 10,000 subscribers are bust. And thanks again for jumping on, Nick. Always a pleasure, dude. Hell yeah. No problem. Thank you for having me. The best guest host. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, stay salty, everybody. And don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the howling Also, spoilers, fiance. Yeah. Oh yeah, we. I think I think Mike and I mentioned that on an episode that's not yet out. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So it's fine. <laughs> They'll know. Somebody started by saying, "Like, man, that Elish Norn got," and then Mike just goes pounded. I fucking like did a spit take on that. I was laughing so hard. Like, I would expect that from like Tony or Sam, but not yeah. Mike. Like, I no, just we, know we, we, classic. Him appropriately. we were like, Mike, you can't do, you can't that. do that. He's like, I can sometimes. <laughs> no, I think. Oh my! You just screamed so much at like. The Zoom was just like, I'm not even. Zoom couldn't handle yeah. it. Couldn't handle it. It's just doing noise. That anymore. Probably thought I was trying to go Super Saiyan 3 and was like, fuck, got to get out of here. Like... <laughs> I've talked to Tony and Mike and they hated this idea, but I was like, I want to do an episode where it's me, Nick, and Pat. And they were like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but one day, it'll one happen day, just by the nature of, yeah. of Mike being a scrub and Tony also being a scrub. <laughs> Tony, Tony will be on a play and Mike will be bad at scheduling things. <laughs> I just am like pretty much doing nothing. So right. <laughs> I'll be around. It'll happen. But I think folks. that would be fucking hilarious. What you guys don't know is that Pat and I are already working on our own alternate podcast with that alternate would be facts, I would alternate better facts than this podcast. Just different enough to not get sued. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually going to be the uh, the shrieking pepper farm. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, it's the shrieking pepper farm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We're still going to have Sam do the theme song. Though. That's kind of a given. Gladly. My rates are very high, yeah. uh, but I'll, I'll gladly do that. Sweet. <laughs>